and we are live with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside by Grayson Sheepy G. Marino and Andrew Johnson. And guys, the NFL Divisional Round is behind us, a kind of a lackluster playoff you know, round to say the least, considering what we had in the wildcard matchups. But this upcoming weekend is the Conference Championship Week, so we are getting down to the nitty-gritty as we are closer to finding out what this year's Super Bowl matchup is. But guys, what was your biggest takeaway from this past weekend? All these teams are frauds. Um, Jacksonville deserved it. That too. We need Jacksonville. Bengals would have been a fat nut of a game. That is not P. Okay. We all know this is an PG show. We try to keep it PG. We try to. But for that reason, that's why we have the explicit label uh, across uh, various uh, hosts. So that is why right there. How you doing? I'm cringing just like everyone else is listening to the show. But anyway, let's get into our first matchup of the week and try to, you know, kind of got a little sidetracked after that uh, comment from Grayson. Not not shocking at all. Uh, first game of the week was the Jaguars and the Chiefs. Grayson just t- brought that up about how the Jaguars, they listen, got to give them props. They played a great game. They kept it close. D- biggest issue for them going into this game, obviously, was they couldn't stop Travis Kelsey. Patrick Mahomes does get injured in the game. Official word is that he has a high ankle sprain, so it looks like he'll be good to go for the AFC Championship game. But at the end of the day, the Chiefs hang on and win this game 27-20. to So Jacksonville's Cinderella run ends right here. But you got to believe there's definitely a light at the end of the tunnel for Jacksonville. A lot of things to build upon and, you know, keep going for next season and years on with Doug Pearson. And for the Chiefs, another AFC Championship game appearance for them. Their fifth straight appearance now. And a chance for redemption from last year, as we'll get into a little bit later on the show. But guys, really biggest takeaway from this game between these two um, between these two teams, uh, Patrick Mahomes injury. <laughs> uh I yeah, mean. I would say the Mahomes injury is probably the number one uh, priority. Andy Reid said it wasn't as bad as his previous injury that he had suffered uh, a couple of years back in the playoffs. Uh, excuse me if I can't remember the exact year, Nick. But that was the. That was the. Um, Wasn't that the year they lost to? The, uh, that was the year they. The, that was twenty twenty. That was the year that he got injured against the Browns, and then they beat the Bills in the AFC Championship. Yes, yes. Lost okay. to, uh, didn't they lose? They lost they lose. the Bucks, right? Yeah, they lost. Yeah, wasn't the that, I was going to say that was the year they lost to Brady. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. All right. Yeah. So Pandy Reed said it wasn't as bad, but again, you're not playing the Browns this time. You're playing the Bengals. There's a stark, stark contrast in talent between those two teams. I don't, mean, don't, don't. At the quarterback position, uh, defensively, I don't think there's that big of a difference. Grayson. Defensively? I said a stark contrast between those two teams. Okay. Defense is a half the team. Offensively, that Cleveland Browns team and this oh, Bengals team isn't even the same stratosphere. I'll agree with you there. But so even like, if you want to say facing, he's not he's, facing the, the offense. Yeah, but he's got to put as many points to compete with that Bengals offense. Because let's not act like the Chiefs defense is world leaders. They're not. No, but, 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 but guys, who gives a shit about the Browns? Who cares? They're not in the playoffs. They're irrelevant yeah, to this co- yeah. entire conversation. Well, I'm trying to make a comparison to the Mahomes team when they were hobbled and they beat the Browns in the playoffs with uh, Chad Henney. 
Yes, it was Chad Henney in yeah. that. And we saw Chad Henney and we saw Chad Henney again in this game. And he listen, he came into the game, you know, they were backed at their own two yard line and he led them down the field a ninety eight yard touchdown drive. And that was really, in my opinion, the biggest, you know, the the you know, the difference in this game. The Chiefs only went by a touchdown, and realistically that one touchdown drive from Chad Henney is the difference maker. So you gotta give him props and the rest of the Chiefs, you know. Oh no, I'm absolutely gonna give them props for beating this team. Yeah, I mean Jacksonville, they listen, other than not covering Travis Kelsey, they had a good game plan when it came down to it. There was a key fumble by Jamal Agnew late in the game, which really hurt them at the end of the day. But like I said, there is definitely a light at the end of the tunnel for Jacksonville. A lot to build on. Trevor Lawrence looked a lot better during the second half of the season. So there's definitely some good signs to see from there. Now the question is going to be who can they add in the offseason, whether that be in the draft or in free agency, to help you know get another division title and maybe even further in the playoffs. They I mean, need a true wide receiver one. They already got it. What are you talking about? They have Calvin Ridley. That's true. We got to remember, they're getting Calvin Ridley next season. Is Calvin Ridley a true wide receiver one? Yes. Well, in Atlanta, he was definitely in number Atlanta, one. He, in Atlanta, he was definitely number he one. He was a very good wide receever for a uh, while. Are we like yes. not going to talk of, like Calvin Ridley was an absolute stud? No, he was. I'm, I'm agreeing. We also had Julio Jones out there with him. Uh, I mean, well, there was also a couple of years where Calvin Ridley was by himself. But anyway, I think really the biggest thing for Jacksonville is just fixing that offensive line. I think that's yeah. been a glow, you know, a big time issue for them the past couple of seasons. Didn't really hurt them a lot in this game. But if they're going to want to, you know, make sure that Trevor Lawrence is going to stay at his current level of play, they need to fix the offensive line in a big time fashion. They done it. They did it a little bit last season with getting Brandon Scherf. Now we'll see how they do in the offseason when it comes to that. Probably get another corner as well. They had a lot of, you know, issues when it came to their secondary, and you saw it in this game. Really could not, you know, contain Travis Kelsey. They struggled against some of the other wide receivers from the Chiefs when it came down to it, and it led to, you know some big-time wide-open receptions for Kansas City. And at the end of the day, that's really what helped, you know, helped the Chiefs hang on to get the win as they now play the host next week's AFC Championship game. Yeah, I, I they definitely need to help the offensive line. Um, corner, they're not bad. I, they, they need another linebacker, honestly, I think is probably what I would – a linebacker or a safety. Somebody that's good Safety enough to they play, could use too. That's true. Somebody they could line up on a guy like or a good tight end and just take take him out of the play. Granted, Kelsey is borderline impossible to fully take out of a play, but uh, that type of player, a pass coverage safety or a pass a, a linebacker that's capable of and fast enough to stay with these top-end tight ends. Which, honestly, if you look at the way the playoffs have been, tight ends have been really dominant. Uh, and you don't have to tell me. The, like, the, next, the next game we get into is yeah, going to well, be, yeah. That, the week before with Hawkinson. Yep. I mean, Evan Ingram had another good game. Yeah, Alex no, he, Kelsey. he's looking like a really good pickup for the, the Jaguars. He's going to be a free agent in the offseason, so... If they are able to get him back, that would They're be a big get. They'd have to resign him. After it depends on their did. cap situation. True. I know for a fact they have some, you know, some glaring big needs, and they have yeah. a lot of salary cap issues. So they need to first fix that if they're going to want to get Trevor Lawrence, some of his guys back, and even potentially try to poach some others to come to Jacksonville and try to, yeah, you know, no, that, even win a championship. Because, like I said, they have something in store 
And if as long as they can keep it going, they could be a type of team like the Bengals are, where you make that push, you show that you could fight. Now you get a couple more players down the, the line. They could be a contender in the AFC for years to come. Yeah. Also, Hayden Hurst and Dawson Knox had pretty good weeks as well. The tight ends have just been dominating the playoffs. So to find somebody to cover a tight end might be the right move. Yeah, I think that's fair. And and unfortunately for me, when it comes to that, I, I, as a Giants fan, I know for years, it's, it's been almost two decades where the Giants have had trouble facing tight ends and they've not been able to cover them. And you kind of saw it in this next game against the Philadelphia Eagles, which we'll get into right now. Um, I'm going to put it abrupt. I mean, it was a great season for the Giants. A lot of expectations were exceeded with the way the season went on. But to lose in this fashion to the Eagles just really was a gut punch to now, probably not only me, but to a lot of Giants fans. I don't think a lot of us saw us winning the game. I think just getting here was nice. If you get the win, that would be even way, like especially way better considering you're facing a division rival. But the Eagles just dominated this game from the, the get-go, and they just did not blow the lead at all. They held it on from the opening drive until the end of the game. They ran for 268 yards as a team, which is an unbelievable stat to say the least. And Jalen Hurts looked very good. And, I mean, the injury that we heard about going into the game didn't seem to affect them. Eagles defense got to Daniel Jones a lot. And the Giants, let's just face facts, they got blown out and got absolutely dismantled by the Eagles, 38-7. to So the Giants' magical season ends, but definitely a light at the end of the tunnel for them as well. As the same thing with Jacksonville. We'll have to see what they do in the offseason. Obviously, with key free agents like Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, what do they do with those two guys? So we'll have to see what happens with that. But for the Philadelphia Eagles now, they go to the NFC Championship game. They will be hosting it next week. And they look very formidable. And they look like a very dangerous team. And might be a lot of people's favorites right now to probably win the entire thing. So, uh, Nick, uh, Grayson, not to cut you off, but no, from what I've read, the Giants are going to commit to Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Who do you think yeah. gets tagged? Who do you think gets a contract? I was literally just about to bring uh, um, you up, so it's okay that you cut me off. I think right. Daniel Jones will get the contract. I think Saquon gets tagged. Really? Okay. I'm going to the other way around. Well, so my reasoning for this is Saquon wants a type of deal like Christian McCaffrey got, where he wants like 16 mil a season. But, I mean, you, you, listen, I understood his theory of it. The other problem is is this. McCaffrey gets that deal, and he's had the same issues as Saquon, where he's been hurt a lot. Saquon is, let's just face fact, a huge reason why the Giants got to this point for the oh, way he started the entire first half of the season. Obviously, the second half was a bit of a drop-off, but he still did enough to help the Giants win, and he was a big reason why they won in the wild card against Minnesota. I think it's easier for them to get – now, the question is this. What really people should be asking is, does this game affect Daniel Jones' value and what contract he gets? I think so. Because I think it does in a little bit. Daniel Jones, don't get me wrong, he played a phenomenal game against the Vikings. But you saw in this game, when you know push comes to shove and the offensive line struggles, he's going to make mistakes. It happens. Not every quarterback is immune to that. So the Giants still need to fix the offensive line, for sure. That's not a question. You have a great left tackle in Andrew Thomas. A hopeful up-and-coming you know, rookie in Evan Neal had an up-and-down season. We'll so, so we'll see how his year goes on. Remember, the same thing happened with Andrew Thomas with his rookie year. He was very up-and-down. Now he's one of the best left tackles of football. So you hope the same thing with Evan Neal. The interior of the offensive line is where the Giants need to fix it. If they can fix that, then that's a big step for them. Defensively, there was a lot of up-and-downs, but... 
it looks really promising. Now, obviously, they need to fix their secondary issues because that's been a problem for them. And obviously, they need a linebacker. Like they, there's no tomorrow. I mean, they've needed a linebacker for years. So that will be a big time get for them. Now, the question is going to be how much money will they have? That's the problem because I think they also should extend Dexter Lawrence, who had a monster season for them, and it's going to be on an expiring contract next season. So if I'm the Giants, I want to get him locked up long term and make sure that he's on the team for foreseeable future. But when it comes down to Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, to answer your question, I think it's if they're going to sign one, it would be Joe. I think Jones will be easier to sign ahead of Barkley. I think Barkley is going to be franchise yeah. tagged. But at the same time, I'm going to counter with this. Barkley's proven that he's a, a more solid option over multiple years where Daniel Jones just had his one year. How long do you sign Daniel Jones for? Like that's the that's, thing. That, that's that's another. That's a great question. Because uh, I'd rather personally you tag Jones, because then you give him the year of like, okay, if you're able to do it again, you get paid. Especially if you had a wide receiver too in the exactly. offseason, that could help like, him also. A hundred percent. Because that With has Saquon, to happen. Not that I think Saquon's been outwardly as a lot of people expected him to be. He had a really good rookie. What was that? His rookie year was really good. Was rookie year was good. Rookie year was good. Then he got second injured, year right? was all right. Then he's big. He the the yeah. next two years he got hurt. Um, it's just he's shown enough over a bigger course of time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like uh, I just think it's safer to not commit to Daniel Jones yet. If you don't have, if you're not forced to, well, it's it's like, interesting if, because what you know, there's some key free agents in this offseason, quarterback wise. Yeah. So it really is going to make them decide. Now, obviously, they've said they want to bring back Jones and Barkley, but will they do that? Is the question. I don't know. Now, I think it's still at the end of the day. I think. Um, I'd be surprised if they didn't bring back the combo. I would just. Yeah. I think the opposite of the way you do, where. You tag Jones, and, and... I, I, I'd be okay with that too. Now, the, the obviously the only glowing issue is if you get Barkley the contract. We've seen in years, you know, with previous teams, hundred oh, percent second contract for a running back is very dangerous. Look at Ezekiel Elliott right now with the Cowboys; it's not really working out with them, and it's really a big time cap, you know, hit on the on the entire team. Agreed. So that is something to be scary of. Would if the Giants do a contract like this? Even Christian McCaffrey when he got his contract. Let's just face facts. When he was with the Panthers, he kept getting injured. He never played. They so, also abused him. And, that. But that, that, exactly. But that's the problem. The Giants could be doing the exact same thing with Saquon. They might abuse him to the point. Look, they did it this season. You saw it. They needed yeah. him to run as good as he did for the most of the first half of the season. That's why Thanks. they were 7-2. Yeah, then he yeah. slowed down after that. Yeah. Because yeah, he got tired. Um, I, I just um, – it depends on the years that they also get I'm Saquon thinking, too. I'm thinking because, for Daniel Jones, they should give him like a two to three year deal, in my opinion. Yeah, if you're going to sign him long term, I'm thinking two to three years. But also too, if you if you do that right, and say he drastically regresses next season, which then, I, yeah. I don't think happens, but it's football, anything's possible. Um, then you're taking the risk. You have to draft a quarterback probably, and then you're pay you're wasting money. You know what I'm saying? Where yeah. at least with Saquon, like Listen, uh, even if you get happened with Seattle, least, 
Yeah, even if you get touches out of Saquon, like in the middle of his contract, at least you're getting something where if Daniel Jones takes a step back and then you go and draft a quarterback, Daniel Jones is getting no action anymore. That's just a waste wasting your money. Yeah, I mean, look at what happened with Seattle. They gave Matt Flynn a big-time contract in, in the offseason. Yeah. I think that was in 2012. Yeah, it was. And they drafted Russell Wilson in the third round, yeah. and yeah. they ended up starting Russell yeah. Wilson, and yeah. they had a big-time cap hit at quarterback with the yeah. backup. So that's that's definitely a possibility. Um, you just got to hope that Brian Dable can keep developing him to yeah. where he was this season. The turnovers were definitely limited. Now you want to see him pass a little bit more, but to do that, they need to get a big-time wide receiver and, Which hel- and help him. You saw good flashes from guys like Isaiah Hodgins and Wondell Robinson before he got hurt was looking really good. So there's yeah. a lot of stuff to you know build upon for this team offensively. The question is going to be, can they keep progressing under the Dable system? That's going to be what you know time will tell oh, down the, yeah. for the next couple of seasons. Dream free agent, Nick. Who is it? Bob? Dream free agent or... I would love to have Odell back if he's fully healthy. Or acquirable trade targets, so a realistic trade. Oh, target. so we're going. If okay, if we can get a, tra- I would love DeAndre Hopkins also. I was gonna like, say D-Hop. Okay. D-Hop or Odell would be a v- honestly. I know Odell is not like I know he's getting up there to the point where it's gonna be very concerning if he's he has, still, like, the he number one wide receiver. But the the storyline would be so per- like poetic if he was to come back to the Giants. Be like the prodigal son. Yeah, yeah. And, and think about it. Remember, he's one of the biggest reasons why we got Dexter Lawrence. He was one of those draft picks that the Giants oh, got in the trade. I, I have a question. What do you think about a guy like maybe Brandon Cooks? I mean, he's not price trade wise. He's not bad. He has a big cap hit, which concerns me. I mean, so is D Hop. But D Hop has at I, least proven to you that he's a number one. Brandon I mean, Cooks Brandon is not Cooks has been Brandon, a number Brandon, one basically for yeah. But but think about it, Grayson. He's a number Brandon one on the Houston. Te- exactly, he's the number one on the Houston Texans. That I'll give you that. But still, he's when he gets his targets, he's a good. Receiver. But he's also had injury issues, which concerns me. Also, uh, not that Odell hasn't. Don't get me wrong. I was just about to say. I just <laughs> want Odell for the storyline aspect. That's fair. That's uh, only reason I would I love would Odell. I want Brandon Cooks just for the fact of his trade value is probably not as high as the. Oh, it can't be. They can't. So they, like, they, they can't. I don't even think. The, I don't even think D Hop's trade value is going to be that high either. I mean, anything's. anything's you got to remember they they got DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of cheese doodles. Yes. Now credit that was because of Bill O'Brien. Correct. But, but I think the Cardinals really don't have much leverage in that type of a deal. Um. Now, if anyone should really try to go all out for him, it should be Johnson's team, the New England Patriots, or the Baltimore Ravens, one of those two teams. But that's also if the Ravens keep Lamar. That's the but that's that's what I'm saying. If you get a guy like D Hop, that could convince Lamar to stay. I don't know about that. I think Lamar is pretty much set on going after. I think I it's it's a it's a conversation to have. If if you get D Hop, would that keep Lamar there? I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe. I, I I really don't know. It would be funny if D Hop was traded to New England, considering um, that the news today Bill O'Brien become the new offensive coordinator. Yeah, that will literally never Patriots. happen. That I, see, I think that relationship is severed at that point. There's I, no I way that D Hop is going to buy into a system with with uh, Bill, Bill O'Brien. Yeah, I think you guys had a per. I, I think you guys had a really good chance to getting him, and then you made that news today. And I think that just severed that any ties with that. I mean. But I like mean, it's that, been a few years now, so maybe uh, maybe you know, bygones be bygones. Where does D Hop go if like 
He's the, the number op- one. That's the it. Number, yeah, but the number one options right now are what? The Giants? Giants. I mean, you could we could still say Patriots no matter what. Patriots. Baltimore. Ravens. Um, and then outside I'd, that. I'd even put the Jets in there, too. I, no, I don't think the Jets are going to I don't do know, because the Jets are the Jets are more looking towards quarterback. I don't think they're gonna be yeah, worried about Listen, receiver. listen, what's D Hop even if, is D Hop worth a first rounder? I don't think he is. I don't think he is either. Because you gotta remember he's an aging wide receiver. He's getting yeah. up there. So yeah. if you're thinking about it, the Jets, hey, they like this young core. They like Brees Hall, they like um they like Garrett Sauce, Wilson. they like Garrett Wilson. Uh, uh you have guys they on also both put money into their receiving core already. I mean, granted, it's Corey Davis, but yeah, but you add a guy like D Hop, and then let's say Woody Johnson has said today that he doesn't mind giving up two first round picks for Aaron Rodgers, yeah, which is asinine. Yeah, I agree with you. He's not worth two first round picks in this I'd stage. I'd rather go take Derek Carr. Off but if, you ta- if, if, if Woody Johnson, hey, I'm going to get Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to get D Hop, I'm going to build kind of a quasi retirement home with a bunch of young kids around him. Yeah, and then they're going to be all I'm going to say is there's going to be one team that's that's been in wide receiver talks for like years ever since they lost. Uh, well, not even years, I should say they've just been in wide receivers talks like even with the, when they had Tyreek Hill. I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs make an offer to try to get him because um, why not? Yeah, send Juju the other you, way, maybe. Well, Juju, I think, is a free agent at the end of the season. Is he? I thought. I yeah. thought they. Oh yeah, he is. I think actually. he's he's on a one year deal. Oh, you're right, he is. And I don't know what their cap space is, you know, is with him. So I don't know if they're yeah. going to maybe bring him back. If they well, do, if that'd Juju's be great. The market, then the Jets should go and grab but him if anything. Either way, imagine if the Chiefs got D Hop. I mean, their offense is already unbelievable, and you you get yeah. Patrick Mahomes, De- DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. I mean, that would be that would be insane. Agreed. But, I mean, we'll see. At the end of the day, the Giants need a number one receiver. They need to upgrade the interior of the offensive line. Or if not, you could always move Neil to guard. Neil did play guard in college. He did. Um, Problem is we need to tackle again. That's been a, yeah. a, that's been a terrible issue for the Giants for years. Yeah. Uh, they need a middle linebacker. Like, there's no there's no way else's yeah. business. The, they need to find... This is the Giants' top four needs I, in the offseason are receiver, so I'd interior, put receive, interior offensive I'd, line, middle linebacker, and a corner. I'd put receiver, middle linebacker, interior because the line was serviceable for a while. Oh, yeah, this no, not popular, Nick, but if he can get a stud at tight end, I feel like that would have kind of alleviated a lot of problems. That would hurt too. I mean, that would, that would help a lot. It would but, help. I think Daniel but, Bellinger doesn't get enough credit. I think he was he's I, solid. He, really, he was really serviceable I, for us. No, no, I'm not saying he's not solid. But I mean, like an actual stud at tight end. Like, yeah, yeah, but the problem is, I, I don't he, grow on trees. I'm aware of that. Exactly. Like, you're not gonna find like there. There's only really one good tight end coming out of the draft, and I'm not taking a tight end in the first round after what happened. That's whatever. The kid from Notre Dame, right? Yeah, uh, Michael. Yeah. Is it Michael Mayer? Right? Is yeah, it, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Um. Yeah. I. Listen, he might be a great prospect at all. Giants, that's not the number one need right now. They need to no. focus on the uh, the four that I said. That's not even in that order. The order I said with those positions, it's just I would those say are the best four. Available those are the four the that they need to fix. I, in my opinion, if if I had to pick one position they need to fix, I would say corner, because after Jory Jackson, it's really a question mark they have at second at like at number two corner. It's Darnay Holmes. They have Fabian Moreau. They, they really cannot win with those two as their two and three corners. They could really use another solid corner. No, but, the, but they're good enough to keep you in games. 
where like your linebacking is fucking. I mean, sure, horrible. but the problem is Moreau is getting up there in age. Oh, Darnay yeah, Holmes I mean, has a lot of issues where he's holding and making some really boneheaded decisions. So that's I mean, what yeah, concerns me. Another, I mean, you could always look at. I mean, look at the Bengals. They're a really good team. Their corners aren't studs. No, I would say the Bengals have really good corners. They have Mike Helton, Chidobe, Awuze, uh, um, uh, Eli Apple. Is yeah, their third corner? Is I don't think he is the third corner. I'm pretty team. sure he is. Uh, I mean, but last year he was their number two corner, was he not? Well, that was due to injuries. But at the same time, they still went to the Super Bowl with him at number two corner. Uh, I think corner is the fourth out of those out of those four that needs to get addressed. I, a receiver and a linebacker. The line was serviceable. Corners were serviceable, but those two positions are gaping holes. No, I mean that's fair. I mean, the Giants are definitely going to be looking at that in the draft, so I will have to see what they do with there. Um, but free agency is going to be a big time. Listen, it will all come. To free agency will all depend on what they do with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley because yep. that will eat into their cap space. They're probably going to extend Dexter Lawrence too. So those three right there, those are all the biggest needs for when it comes to their money. And then after that is where you could add players to help them try to get back to the playoffs next season. So we'll have to see. But at the end of the day, the Eagles win this game in convincing fashion. They're going to the NFC Championship game. And like I said, they are looking very formidable right now, especially with the way they ran the football in this game. Now, the team that they're facing in the NFC Championship game, that will be interesting to see if they can run the football the same way which we'll get into a little bit later on about who they're playing in the NFC Championship game. But let's go to what a lot of people are saying was the upset of the week. And I wouldn't say a lot of people. Obviously, you guys. This is an upset at all. This is an upset mean, anyone who doesn't want football. For, for Vegas. For Vegas. Oh, yeah, Not for even Vegas. for Vegas. Vegas just set yeah. the lines like this because but, that's, they knew that's how people would bet. Yes. Yep. It, I think it was easy money for I the think, boys. I think realistically, when you went into this game, you're thinking with the, all the stuff that Buffalo's had going on during the season, this th- there's just no way they would lose this game at home. But not only do they lose the game against Cincinnati Bengals, they pretty much get dominated in this game. It was complete, you know, from the get-go. Same thing kind of the Giants game, but where the Bengals score on their opening drive, and they did not let the league go at any point in this game. And you got to give your, you know, tip of the cap to, and I listen, I've never been a big fan of this guy, but Zach Taylor did a great job of coaching in this game. The defense for Cincinnati was unbelievable. Josh Allen and company could not do anything offensively. The offense for Cincinnati was incredible. And that was despite the fact they had three offensive linemen out for this game. You know, you saw Jamar Chase had a, a touchdown. Hayden Hurst had a big game as well. Mixon, no, Mixon. had over, yeah, Mixon had over hundred yards rushing and the bills it's been a big time story where they couldn't run the football. They try to throw it with Josh Allen and it just wasn't working. And at the end of the day, it hurt them in this game. Their defense really struggled and they got beat down and embarrassed at home 27 to 10 by the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are going back to the AFC championship game for the second straight year. They will face the Kansas city chiefs once again at Arrowhead. So a big time rematch between those two teams. Meanwhile, for Buffalo, just another frustrating end of the season for them. A lot of expectations. And realistically, once Josh Allen got hurt against the Jets, that was pretty much the, you know, the turnaround for their season throughout the rest of the way. You saw Josh Allen kind of struggle down the stretch of the season. We saw a lot of, you know, defensive mishaps. Von Miller got injured. And you saw it in this game. They really needed a guy like Von Miller with a pass rush. And they really needed Josh Allen 
to play a big-time game. He just did not do that in this one. And now Buffalo goes into another offseason with a lot of questions. Obviously, we saw the you know the thing with Stephon Diggs where he's very unhappy with how this team ended their season once again. Did you blame him? I, I don't think you really can. I mean, this is like, three straight years where – And on top of all that, I mean, like, you have a guy like Diggs on your roster, right? He is – we've all said uh, – at the minimum, a top ten. He's a top, receiver. He's a top five wide receiver. I'm, yeah, I, I would say. I mean, I don't think there's. A, I don't. I, I. I don't think there's really an argument he, for that. It, he might have gotten targeted ten times, but I'd say at least four or five of those were bad throws to him. That and he had no you had, shot. Of you had the you had the one where they turned it over on downs, and he was wide yeah. open in the end zone, and they went well, and not even close. To Allen went to Gabe Davis on the throw, and Eli Allen. Yeah. To his credit, swatted it down to incomplete to force turnover on downs. Now, I, I want to take a victory lap here because I've been saying this all year that this Bills team is not good. I said it in the beginning said, of the year that this Bills yeah. team, I don't care if it's Super Bowl favorites, yada, yada, they're not good. Now, I think Silver the bigger the question Bowl. we want to have is how does a guy like Sean McDermott get out coached by Zach Taylor? I think he needs to get fired, honestly. I think he needs to get fired, too. What has he actually done? He's... He's been there since 2017. He's four and five in playoff game. He hasn't had uh, the only memorable run he's had is him getting stomped by the Chiefs. And I should I shouldn't I mean, say stomped. Listen, but they, having those heartbreakers to the Chiefs. Their best chance was that year where they had the lead with 13 seconds left, and they let they let the Chiefs down the drive down the field. That was their best chance. Yeah, by far. How, how how does a coach and he's a defensive minded coach, if I'm not mistaken. He is. He was a yeah, coordinator with the Carolina how, Panthers before he got uh, to yeah. For, I think for six years he was with the he was with the Panthers. Yep. How does a defensive-minded head coach blow that lead with 13 seconds left? It's Almost also on, it's also on Leslie Frazier too. I mean, some blame's got to be put on him as well. And he's been a long-time defensive coordinator. Not, not only with the Bills, but he was also a former Giants defensive coordinator, and he deserves a lot of blame too. I mean, this was just a poorly constructed game by the Bills defensively. Me, they were not. Awesome. I mean, you saw it in the game; they could not tackle for anything. And my uncle, who was at the game, shout out to him. I'm going to quote him and even say what he thought, thought about the game. He said the Bills were absolutely, completely dominated, and it was just, it was just pretty much ball game from after the first quarter. It was 14 nothing going into the second, and you knew right there and then this could be trouble. And even and the referees. They tried their hardest to try to keep the Bills in this game. Yeah. I want to say that the officiating from the NFL horrible. has been horrible this entire horrible. season, but it's been particularly horrible in this game with the Bills. And, and it's, the not, it's nothing and new, I think guys. It's even it's, a, I think it's even a bigger disgrace that this game was – that if the Bills made it to the AFC Championship, oh, we're going to have a neutral site game. What about that game with Cincinnati? Why wasn't this considered to be a neutral site game? Yeah, I actually agree with that. This should have been a neutral side game. And, you know, I called it a couple weeks ago when they're up 7-3. They were going to dominate the Bills. Like, oh, it was like, oh, you can't prove that. Yeah. Well, they just came back a couple weeks later. And they, did, they didn't even a worse fresh, and they probably would have gotten it. Because at least the Bills had some momentum in that first quarter. They had yeah. nothing this game. Uh, One thing, you never bet against Joe Shice in a playoff game. <laughs> like, uh, I, I wouldn't bet against him, but I would see why you would do it in the right situation. Bro, Joe Burrow's been absolutely savage. incredible in, in his he short career, in his short playoff career. He's been incredible, and Joe I think with Wilson. this uh, with this win, Nick, correct me if I'm wrong. Zach Taylor has more playoff wins than Sean McDermott. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. he's at I five now, he and Sean McDermott's at four, yeah. and that's. And that's listen, I and I and I think and listen, I think a lot of people are going to start looking at this. 
McDermott's going to start becoming on the hot seat, especially if they don't yes. get something done next season. I don't know how much longer you can really give him lenience than him not winning a championship because Buffalo if, should have won a championship by now. If they don't have, if they're not at least in the Super Bowl next season, he has to be fired on the spot. Also, Joe Mixon is a goddamn savage. I love the way he runs the football. I don't know if I mentioned this yet this year, but I love the way that guy runs. Oh, the you football. got you guys are gonna hate me for this, but shout out Eli Apple. He's been an absolute menace this postseason. Uh, I'm loving all this trash. No, listen, listen he no, he had to literally get. He had the burnt toast memes last year. He was getting shit on, <laughs> and now all of a sudden, this it. dude is on. He's a straight menace right now on the field, on Twitter, any yeah. in post game interviews. Here's the he's issue: ma- he no, did he's the a menace. Same, he did the same thing last season, and that's why he got the burnt toast memes. So if it if they are. If they get, uh, he's been getting the burnt toast memes since he was on the Giants. Let's be yeah, real about that. Yeah, because he sucks. Yeah. So you know what? I'm. I, you know what? He's had to take all this shit talk, and you and people getting upset. Oh, well, he still sucks. Yeah, his team still won. Yes, I don't care. Yes, we should talk him because he's so bad that he shouldn't be talking shit. That's why. Yeah, but at you the know, same time, I don't time. care if he's bad. It's funny. I like it. Yeah, but at the same time, when the guy that bad's talking the most shit, it's hysterical to me. <laughs> <laughs> to me, Sean McDermott should be fired. He lost the locker room when you listen. People want to give a lot of shit to Zach Taylor. He kept that locker room alive early in the season when people, oh yeah, Bengals, Bengals were done, but not making the Super Bowl. Listen, you know, good, goodbye. No, Sean, Zach Taylor kept that locker room together. I, I agree with you. They, they were remember they were four and four, and a lot of people had questions. They were they were two and four, weren't they? No, they were four and four. No, they were, they were going four. into their bye week four and four, and right there and then, I even thought to myself and said, listen. They're at a bad spot. The Ravens are looking really good right now. I really don't think they win the division, but I still may see them making the wild card. And to their credit, they have rattled off 10 in a row. Now they're in the AFC Championship game, and they have a rematch with the Chiefs. And last year, you know, they had that big-time win in overtime against Kansas City on the road. They could do it once again and go to the second straight Super Bowl, which would be an incredible feat. And if they're able to win it this time around, I mean, you got I, I, as much as I hate – as much as I don't like Zach Taylor – I gotta give my I would give my hat to him. I mean, you have to consider him one of the best say, coaches in the NFL if he could get it done. I will say, if Andy Reid blows this game, he should be fired. That's all I'm gonna say. No, he shouldn't. He's not they, gonna get fired. I know he this, won't be, but he should be. Uh, we're not gonna. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. No, no, no. Don't, 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 don't entertain it, um, Grayson. Don't entertain the, talk, the argument. We know where it's it. gonna go down. That's all you need to say. That's all you need to go into it. But let's just go into the next game so that we don't even bother talking about that. And let's talk about. The 49ers and the San and the uh, I was San Francisco and the Dallas Cowboys. Um, this was another game where it was kind of a snooze fest when it came down to it because it was and, awful. It was but the reason game. it was awful is because the defenses in this game were playing phenomenal. These no, are two, it, this is a really good defensive showdown it was between a these good two teams. Game for people that love football, like I enjoyed watching this game. But, but you're you a college at, football fan where you love offense. That's why exactly. But I love both ends of the game. But I will say. It was more, it was, the defenses were dominant, yes, but it was so much of a lack of execution, a lot, which bothered me. Like, Dak Prescott missed, was horrible this game, was goddamn awful. The fact that that man's getting paid is a travesty, but, like, 
how many times did he just make terrible reads? And that's not on the defense. That's just because he was missing reads. I mean, you saw it on that first interception that he well, threw. I don't know what the hell he, he was looking at. stared down Michael Gallup, and the, it was an easy interception right yeah. there and then. And that was really – I won't I won't say that was the turning point of the game, but the, inter, the, the turnovers realistically cost Dallas this game. And they had well, a really realistic shot of winning this game and moving on to Philadelphia. But – the end of the Until day, they, they ran into Big Cock Brock. All right, that's two, buddy. Anyway, uh, um, let's just face facts. The Niners, their defense has just been playing phenomenal all season. They did another great job here and then, and they're going to put up a you know a big time showdown with the Eagles next week. I think that will be another game where you see the defenses come out to play. The question is going to be: Can Brock Purdy go on the road into Philadelphia against a very hostile crowd and get the Niners to the Super Bowl? That will be an interesting discussion, to say the least. But when it comes down to it for, for Dallas, I mean, another offseason where they're going to have a lot of questions. Dak now, with another struggling performance in this one and leading the league in interceptions throughout the season, Dallas is going to have to start thinking, is this the quarterback that gets us over the hump to get a Super Bowl? I don't know. Plus, you have Ezekiel Elliott on a, on a contract where they're not really liking it right now. Tony Pollard is a free agent. Dalton Schultz is a free agent. They have a bunch of big-time free agents this upcoming offseason. So a lot of uncertainty when it comes to Dallas. And for Coach Mike McCarthy now, the question is going to be for him is, how much longer are the Cowboys going to want him to be their head coach and say, listen, you're not the guy that's going to get us that Super Bowl ring. It just isn't working out for us. I would have thought maybe after this game they would have fired him. I still can't believe Considering that Sean Payton is still available. I was imagining Sean Payton was going to be the next coach of the Cowboys, but it looks like Jerry Jones is going to stick to McCarthy for, at the very minimum, one more year. I don't think you can actually pin this loss on McCarthy. I don't – you can't – I blame it more on Kellen Moore. I agree with you, but – McCarthy still has to get blamed either way. Well, you know what this is kind of like? If you're the manager of a store and your employees are kind of goofing off and it's affecting sales or if there's money missing, missing in the register or right. if things getting stolen, at the end of the day, yes, it's not the manager's fault at its core. I'm sorry, at its like surface level, but at its core, he's the one that's setting the culture. He's the one that's putting these people in a position of power. Uh, he's choosing the OC, the DC. Uh, he's choosing a lot. He's choosing his staff, and he's he's choosing the offense. So at the end of the day, it's technically his fault. But if you want to try to root out the, I, I guess the specific cause, which I guess would be the OC in this uh, in this situation, maybe even Zach Prescott. Uh, but I mean, I, it, he does share a lot of the blame, but it's not completely on him. You gotta remember, Kellen Moore was a hot commodity last offseason. A lot of people thought he was going to be a, a head coach with a couple of teams because of how good the Cowboys' offense was last season. But they had such a bad time this season when it comes to offense, and it was due in part to they weren't really giving the ball to Tony Pollard, who was, let's face facts, their best running back on the team for most of the season. And they kept trying to give Zeke Elliott involved, and it just wasn't working. Then when it came to Dak, he was just making a lot of, you know, Big time interceptions, but keep in mind for his fairness, they got they traded away one of their best receivers, if not their best receiver. That's a you know argument to be debated with CD Lamb and Amari Cooper, and they got really nothing out of him. They got a fifth round pick, so you lose him. Cedric Wilson also they lost in the offseason. so they lost a couple of wide receivers in the offseason, which really hurts them at the end of the day when it comes down to it. And now with Pollard being a free agent and with Dalton Schultz being a free agent on the offensive side, that's really big if they can't get those guys back. So, so, so Nick, it's tough. 
let me yeah. ask you this. Healthy Odell. If he's let's play uh let's play, you know, scenario right now. Let's say Odell was completely healthy and he signed with the Cowboys. Do the Cowboys win last night if, with him being a difference maker there? No. I still don't think they win. I think I just think the Niners defense is that good. I've been saying it all. I, I've been saying high, it for yeah, most, that's pretty high praise. For, let me let me pull all this out for you, Johnson. Do you know when the last time the Niners gave up 100 yards to a team as for one person as a as a rusher? Oh boy, uh, I'm gonna say week two. No, uh, week it was two. last season, October 21st of 2021, and that was the Justin Fields. That's kind of insane. They haven't allowed a 100 yard rusher since 2021. Their defense is that good, which is why I said earlier, I think that would be interesting to see how the Eagles do against the Niners because the Eagles, their bread and butter is their running game right now. You saw it with 260 yards plus against the Giants. How will they fare against the Niners' rush defense? That's going to be the matchup I want to see the most when it comes down to it in this NFC Championship game. But for the Cowboys, I mean, listen, once Pollard went down, you kind of saw it. They weren't able to run the football the rest of the way. They had to throw the football and Dak made some, you know, big time mistakes, and that really hurt them at the end of the day. Pollard gets injured. He has a, I think it was a broken fibula, if I'm not mistaken. So that could really hurt him in this offseason when it comes down to a contract. So maybe that could help the, the Cowboys potentially at the end of the day. But I don't know where Dallas goes from here. I mean, they're starting to get to the point where has their window passed? They've had so many opportunities, and I don't know if they get any better from here when it comes down to it from free agency or the draft. So we'll have to see what Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy do in the next couple of years, or potentially maybe next only one more year for McCarthy. It's, um, I think McCarthy should have been fired, but at the same time, it's not fully his fault. No, I this think, roster the, I, I think is, most of the blame goes on Kellen Moore for the game and for most the, of the season. It's tough to say that. I, I think this team isn't built very well. I mean, they had one of the best offensive lines in football on paper. On paper, but I mean, even that though, it's been they've been relatively hurt in the offensive line. I mean, yeah, that 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 that, yes, we could we could always say offensive line gets hurt. That happens. I agree with that. Um, but two, like you sign Zeke, you sign Dak, you have so much money tied. You don't bring Cooper back in, like. There's so much to this, the offensive side of the football. Yeah. That Their they cast lost. Base is killing them. They lost because of guys like Dak and Zeke. Like, and that's why I say you it. You can't blame Kellen Moore. Like, no, no, no. Having for, for a ton this, of good options. For this season, it's on Kellen Moore because of how badly they looked throughout the most of the year. Dak just had a complete 180. It just didn't look good. Well, they took away two of his best receivers i mean sure but that's still you have to adapt it's it's i'm not not yes but it's very hard for i mean i think Moore definitely takes blame but he's not out there with dak like dak is not a good decision maker as it is he's not that good of a quarterback why which is why um it's not a lot of people are it's thinking about. Go on, go on. It's not Kellen Moore's fault that his quarterback consistently makes bad reads. 
Like well, he you have to all when you you're want. the offensive coordinator, you have to try to help him fix that. Sometimes a guy's just an idiot. I mean, you're staring like in this game, he is staring down his receiver. And d- did he not expect to get picked? Like, <laughs> come on. It's simple NFL quarterback one-on-one. You never stare down your receivers. Like, that's every sport. When it, it's a, a instant action game, you never look at your target like that. Uh, Kellamore definitely deserves a lot of blame, but this team was not built correctly. And it might not just be built for his system. I mean, fair enough. I mean, like I said, I don't. This game might be put in the question of is Dak going to be that quarterback that gets you over the hump and gets you a Super Bowl ring? I don't know because I don't know how many more chances Dallas can really get. They've had so many opportunities throughout all these years and they've just squandered it. This is their first NFC Championship appearance, I think, since the 90s. Or now, no, I'm sorry, they didn't even make the NFC Championship. No. They, they were, this was going to be their first potential chance I to get there. Do, I the actually 90s. just saw something about that. Um, Cowboys played their last uh, NFC Championship game in '96. Jalen Hurts was born in '98. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's getting that bad. Now, credit for me, I could care less. I I hope they keep losing. Oh, no, with fashion, hundred percent. No offense to any Cowboy fans that are listening to the show, but but anyway, I mean, you could just see it. They're just they they need something, and I don't know what it is that's going to get them over the hump. Hopefully, they never get over that hump, but. I don't know at this rate. I, it, you're just starting to see the cracks fall in this in this team, and sooner rather than later, they're going to have to make some big time decisions. Yeah. I, look, we'll see. I hope that they end up constantly at the bottom of that division somehow. It's tough when you have the Washington Commanders, but yeah. Okay, fine. Patriot Tony's going to lead that team to greatness. Mark <laughs> my words. Shut up. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, we grew up in New York where, for some reason, there's a abundance of Dallas Cowboys. Fans. It's like because they're like the Yankees, where where like they're like yeah. a popular team, and everyone wants to rep that team. Yep. So I love nothing more than watching the Cowboys lose games. So keep doing whatever you're doing, Dallas. Give Dak another extension. Why not? Let Zeke run the ball 40 times a game. He might have to next season if they lose Pollard. I hope they do. They wasted that guy anyway. Let him go. Well, before we go into Johnson's favorite part of the entire show, uh, I, I touched upon it a little bit earlier on about Bill O'Brien. I just wanted to get your initial thoughts, Johnson, about him becoming the new offensive coordinator of the Patriots. Uh, I never thought there'd be a day where I'd be welcoming Bill O'Brien back with uh, open arms, but uh, one season of Matt Patricia OC will do that to you. So uh, I'm very much happy to have someone who can at least call offensive plays uh, back on the team. Are you sure about that? Well, I will say I think it's better than Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. So, well, yeah. But still. <laughs> Listen, Alabama's offense looked fine this season. Oh, yeah, buddy. I mean, no, you you can't even go by that because co- it's tough to look at college offense. Because remember what happened with um, uh, his name slips to me, the old LSU offensive coordinator, and he became the offensive coordinator with the Panthers. Oh, um, oh, what the hell's his name? I know who you're talking about. He was under Coach L, right? Right. Oh God, 
was his was name? it Joe Brady? I, it might be. Hold on, I'm I'm looking it up because I know he's getting considerations now. Yes, it's Joe Brady because I know right now he's he's with the Buffalo Bills and he's their quarterback coach, and that's why he's getting a lot more offensive coordinating opportunities. So sometimes it doesn't work out most of the time when it comes you go from college to NFL. But obviously, Bill O'Brien's had so much success. I wouldn't say so much success, but he's had some success in the NFL when it comes down to it. So I think if you're a Patriot fan, you can't be that upset with it because anything is better than what they had last season when it came to their play calling duties. Yeah, agreed. Also, completely forgot about this. Going back to the Niners game, can we talk about that catch from Kittle real quick? The one, the one hand, yeah, the one hand bobble, and then proceed I mean, to stick his tongue out at the camera. Kittle's like, just that dude. I mean, I, I, we completely ignored the fact. Like, I Kittle mean, had one of the craziest he's, catches. He's 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 a top two tight end. I mean, for for, for a reason, he's just he's just yeah. an unbelievable. Asset the top for three that team. for sure. Top three. Uh, Mandrews might be. A, nah, I'm, might I'm, be, I'm, I'm taking know. him over Mandrews. It's tough. Hundred percent taking him over Mandrews. Not having a question. Yeah, that's fair. I would like here. I would. I think that stuff. It's it's a good argument. I just think Kittle. I think the reason is different because I. You gotta remember Kittle's on the team with like Debo and Ayuk, and Mandrews is really the best option on his team. And Kittle's yeah, just doing all. Do this no, he and he absolutely could. Don't get me wrong. I just think Kittle. I just like Kittle's play style more. I well, don't know. I'm not gonna argue with you there. I, they're definitely the top three. Yeah. And it's not even close. Yeah. But, I mean, Kelsey's a clear-cut one. Yeah. And then I think it's a debate for two and three. But. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. But, we're gonna, speaking of debating, I think uh, Johnson wants to get into some uh, pick debates when it comes down to the next segment of our show. And, you know, we went with DGENs R Us for a little bit. I think this is just going to be called the Mush Central. When it comes down to it, considering how badly we how picked about, how last week's slate, like, how about how about instead of the the um, the most central, you know how the red zone has the witching hour where wins become yes. lost and lost yes. become wins? This should be the mushing hour. Yeah, perfect. All right, this is the yeah, perfect. I love it. I love it. I love every second of that. Yeah, All right. I agree. The wins become losses and the losses become wins, and you burn your ticket at the end of it. Correct. <laughs> your lotto ticket is upon you. Oh, you want to talk about a lot of tickets? <laughs> yeah, we know, buddy. We know where you're going you in tonight. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to get into that. Anyway. So, let's get grand. into the rushing hour where we have our first game, NFC uh, NFC Championship. San Francisco 49ers on the road going into Lincoln Financial Field, into the Eagles Stadium. Eagles at home, two and a half point favorites over under slated at 46 right now. Who wants to start us off? Uh, I'll start. Uh, give me 49ers minus three and a half. Uh, I'm sorry, that's a five. Po- that's, wow, a, that's, a, yes. that's a big swing. Yeah, that's a really big swing. 100%. And I'll take it any day of the week. I, so that's minus three and a half, you said? Yep. Yeah, that's a big swing. 100%. But, I mean, it, it's tough not to bet the 49ers. The, overall, their team is been very very good their defense is dominant they have weapons all over the place i also just don't think the eagles are going to be able to contain the combo of uh mccaffrey and debo 
I think they're just going to find ways to create so much offense by themselves that they'll be able to put up enough points to counteract what Jalen Hurts is going to be able to do against that defense. Fair enough. All right, Nick. Uh, I will take the under for this game. Yes, I don't like fun, but my reasoning for it is these are two really good defenses. Probably, I would venture to say the best two defenses in the NFL. Um, I, I just think you have a rookie quarterback going on the road against a very tough environment in Philadelphia. The Eagles have the most sacks, you know, in the NFL, and the Niners' defense is just really, really good. I don't think the Eagles are going to really be able to run the football as they would like to a lot. So you're going to see Jalen Hurts try to throw the football as much as he can. And I just think at the end of the day, it's going to be a very low-scoring game. I'd say probably a 20-17 to 17 final. If I had to pick who's going to win, for my mushing purposes, I'm going to take the Eagles, so I hope San Francisco wins. All right, so you're locking in the under officially, and unofficially, you're taking the Eagles' money line. Yep. All right. Yep. Uh, I'm going with the over because uh, I picked the over four times last week and went over four, so it has to hit eventually. <laughs> well, so the over is going to hit. I mean, then... I think they overhit it every game in the wild card week besides the Cowboys game. Yeah. And that was and the only reason it didn't hit was because Maher missed four extra points. Uh correct. That is uh you're right on that one. So that's my logic here. Uh that's right. I also think the defense will be so good on both sides. You're gonna put these offenses in some pretty bad or pretty good positions, depending on what team you're in. You can see a lot of teams either get pinned at the one yard line if they can keep them there. You can be punting at like Maybe they'll get down to the 50, like in their own territory at the 45 when they punt that back. So you eventually going to see something has to break here. And that's what I'm going to go with the over because these defenses are going to be put these offenses in some really, really good positions. Uh, probably multiple points throughout this game. So that's what I'm going to go with. But moving into our next and final game of this, uh, this championship preview, we have the Cincinnati Bengals going on the road into Kansas City, going into the Chiefs Stadium. Bengals are actually one-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Uh, note that this game actually opened as a favorite for the Chiefs. I think it was one-and-a-half or two points, and it's moved ever since it opened. Uh, so it's Bengals minus one-and-a-half now, very favorite, and the over-under is slated at 47. Um, I'm taking the Bengals straight. Shocker. I mean... I'm all right, Joe Shiesty. You forever. can all blame Grayson when the bank at the Bengals lose this week. Yeah, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm still going to end up. Well, I'll probably end up doing is taking a parlay with uh, the chief, uh, the Chiefs of 49ers, and then also have one with the Bengals 49ers. But we'll we'll see. Anyway, I'll uh, probably hedge myself on that game because I, I really it's it's going to be a very tough game if Mahomes is healthy. I think the the Chiefs are going to be able to probably win this game. But if he's not, I think the Bengals are going to demolish them. And we'll be able to see that early on in the game. I don't know. It's possible. Uh, Johnson, do you want to go or do you want me to go? Uh, I can go. So I'm going to go into this. I'm taking the over in this game because – You like that. Again, I like fun and went 0 for 4 last week, so one of these has to hit. That's my logic behind it. <laughs> well, to Johnson, maybe I can help you out because I'm also going to take the under for this game too. Um, plain and simple, I think the injury to Mahomes will kind of affect them. And I really like what I saw from the Cincinnati Bengals defense last week. They play they have played pretty strongly throughout the first two games of this postseason. The Chiefs 
had an up and down game against Jacksonville last week, but I think you're just going to see really tough defense when it comes down to it. You're fighting for a Super Bowl berth. The defenses cannot let anything give when it comes down to it. And I just think you're going to see another game where it could come down to a last second field goal. All right. So I think we have our picks and, uh, it's been a really, really fun season so far. This is, we're kind of heading towards the end. We want to thank everyone for uh, joining us throughout this season, not only for this, for college football. And it's been a uh, it's been a great ride so far. Yeah, I mean, it's been an unbelievable season, to say the least. NFL is closing down. We're down to the final wire. We'll have to see who wins this coming weekend. Before we leave, Johnson, obviously, you and I had a very you know enjoyable encounter this past Friday at the St. John's Villanova game. In which, let's just for, let's just for, for every every uh, viewers uh, or listeners' terrible. take, it was Absolutely possibly the awful. worst game in the history of mankind. Both teams could not score whatsoever. They couldn't shoot. It was horrible. We had a combined good, score of one hundred and seven points. Yeah, I mean, the only good thing about the game was Johnson and I mostly talking about how terrible it was, and the fans in front of us were mostly Villanova fans. You know, loving every second of what we were saying, and they, you know. They are hopefully listening to our first their first podcast here on the show, so we want to give them a shout out. Uh, congrats on the win, I guess, against us. I mean, we well, suck. Well, if you if you remember, two sisters from New Jersey, and right. one of them is married to a uh, a Johnny, and yeah. she goes for Nova, so she'll be dressed for uh, the season ticket holders are right in front of us. Right. So for, you know, for the rest of the season, they'll be going for St. John's and not Villanova, but. Uh, it was kind of ironic because they said, oh, you should have a podcast. Well, in fact, we do have a podcast. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's your first time listening. I mean, we thank you for joining us here, and we're hopefully that we can provide some entertainment for everyone that listens on. And, you know, any, any, any you know, comments or recommendations that you guys want to do, feel free to message us at All Gas No Breaks, and we'll definitely, you know, listen on as, like I said, we have a big-time weekend coming this week, obviously, with the NFC and AFC Championship games. But also, Grayson and Johnson, I think you guys have a um, little announcement. You guys have something going on Saturday. Yes, we'll be at Middlesex County Community College this Saturday between uh, 9 a.m. and 2 p.m. We're we'll selling sports cards. I mean, this is all gas, no break sports podcast. We also deal in sports, po- uh, sports cards primarily. So we're doing our first show of the new year, Middlesex County Community College, this Saturday uh, between 9 a.m. and 2 p.m. Come out, out, enjoy a conversation, you know. Get a business card, maybe pick yep. up a card or two. Yeah, yeah. You'll Where's see, it? you'll see Grayson and Andrew there. Unfortunately, I will not be able to make it this weekend, but I'm sure that they will be having a grand old time at the card show, and and I'm sure I hear a lot of stories from when it comes down to it. But guys, any last takes before we wrap this one up? Go Bengals! Mm, yeah, Joe Shiesty for the dub. And go Niners. Niners, Spangles, Super Bowl to save America. Please. Hopefully for that, hopefully that happens because I don't want to see an Andy Reid Bowl. I can tell you right now, (laughs) that would be miserable. That would be very miserable for a Giants fan like me. But guys, I think that's a perfect way to wrap up today's show. Unbelievable NFL season is coming down to a finish. Four teams left. Only two can move on to go to this year's Super Bowl. Who will come out on top this you know this upcoming Sunday? We'll have to find out and wait. Once again, this is Nicholas Pavona joined alongside by Grayson Sheepy G Marino and Andrew Johnson with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Have a great rest of your weekend.